as we just heard from the litany, the theme verse for the cadets this year has been Joshua 3, verse 5. I want to look at the entire chapter this morning for our sermon because there's a lot going on here. It's a wonderful narrative of God's wondrous works, amazing works, young men, amazing works of God here. Let us now hear God's word, beginning at chapter 3, verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim, and they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take twelve men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the covenant, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing. And the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and at the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the Jordan, now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest, the waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zerathon, and those flowing down toward the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea, were completely cut off, and the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. As far as the reading of God's word, let's ask his blessing in a time of prayer. Oh, Father in heaven, may we see the wonder of your mighty works. May we see and believe from your word 
the wonder of Christ. May we indeed fix our eyes, fix our faith upon him. The one who leads us and guides us. The one who is the greater Moses and Joshua. In his name we pray, amen. Congregation of Christ, young cadets, leaders, God works wonders. He did amazing things in order to bring his chosen people into the land of promise. He did amazing, wondrous things, marvelous things. When he took the people out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, by his servant Moses and Aaron, when he led, led, led them out of that place, through the wilderness 40 years, supplying them everything they needed, even their sandals, Even their footwear did not wear out. Sometimes we can read that and just pass right over it in Scripture. He preserved them those years in the wilderness. They conquered their enemies by God's strength and by God's plan. God did wondrous works through his servant Moses And God did amazing things, marvelous works through his servant Joshua. If we were to put a theme to the book of Joshua, I guess I would put it this way. Be strong and courageous, for God is with you. Be strong and courageous, because God is with you. He is among you. Trust him. Trust that what he says in his word, when he sends you word from the prophets, O Israel, trust his word. He will now work through his servant Joshua, who is Moses' successor. And in Joshua 3, records the people of God who will cross the Jordan River, a river that's about 156 miles long. Some parts of the Jordan were narrow, other parts wide, but our text indicates that it was a time when the banks overflowed, the waters overflowed the banks. And so you're a mighty nation There's a lot of people that Joshua's in charge of, but he has commanders, he has officers, he has people in place to command. But it's a big nation, a mighty nation, and they're at the the Jordan. How are we going to get our women and children over this? How are we going to get our livestock, our, our people past this river? Once again, God works wonders. God works wonders by his grace and power. We're going to look at three things this morning, three points. First, the wonder introduced. 
in verses 1 to 6, after the spies return to Joshua, telling them what the land is like and what's to be encountered there. The spies return to tell Joshua all the things that they learned, and it's time for the people to cross the Jordan. And so the text says in verse 1, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim, and they came to the Jordan, and he and all the people of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. So they travel about seven miles approximately to get to the Jordan from Shittim. And they wait there, wondering how to cross the river. God reveals to Joshua his plan. And Joshua commands the officers of Israel to go throughout the camp and instruct the people to keep their eye on the Ark of the Covenant. When you see the priest take up the Ark, keep your eye on it, but keep your distance. Keep your eye on it, but keep your distance. The ark will show you the way. It's essentially saying that the Lord will show you the way. Keep your eye on the Lord, but keep your distance. There shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits, which is about one cubit is a... Uh, about 18 inches, so we're talking about a half a mile. Be about a half a mile from the ark. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way. The ark of the covenant represented the presence and holiness of God. And in God's law, only the Kohathites, who were of the Levites, were allowed to bear the ark to carry the ark. But when they carried it, they had to carry it with poles and the ark had to be covered. No direct physical contact, contact, no direct eye contact. Otherwise, this resulted in death. And we see this recorded in 2 Samuel chapter 6 when Uzzah saw the, the oxen that was carrying the ark start to stumble and the ark was about to tip over and Uzzah put put his hands on the ark and was struck dead. The Ark of the Covenant had the two tablets of God's law in it, and Aaron's staff. When you think of the ark in the Old Testament, you think of a couple things. Two I can think of primarily. There's a joyful wonder about the ark, but there's a fearful awe about it too. There's a a joyful wonder that God is in the midst of his people. That the Lord is with the people. But there's also this fearful awe that keep your distance because God is holy and we are not. In our text it can be said, to follow the ark is to follow the Lord. To lose sight of the ark is to lose sight of the Lord. As one commentator wrote, Follow God's lead, but keep your distance. Keep yourselves about a half a mile from the ark, but still be able to see the ark so you know how to enter the Jordan, where the path is to the promised land. For the text says, for you have not passed this way before. Before the miracle and God works his wonders, God introduces this wonder 
through or to Joshua to communicate to the people. And God requires that his people consecrate themselves, set themselves apart when God works this wonder. If you're taking notes, I don't have time to go into it now, but Exodus 19 is the same. Before God shows his wonder at Mount Sinai, he calls his people to set themselves apart, to consecrate themselves by way of purification, ceremonial cleansing. Now what is in mind here is unknown, whether it's a water purification, a ceremonial cleansing, or consecrate yourselves, that is, have faith. Consecrate your heart, set apart your heart in faith and trust in the Lord that God's plan will come to fruition and he will get you across the land or across the river into the promised land where you will have rest. Joshua tells the priest that you will take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So that's what they did. They took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Congregation, you're seeing this. What do you make of it? What if you're a priest? What do you make of it? This is not going to turn out well for me. (laughs) But they take Joshua, who is a servant of God, at his word. Because when Joshua spoke to them and commanded them, it is as if God spoke to them and commanded them. And they are ultimately having faith in God. I'm going to take up this ark and I'm going to stand. Dip When my feet dip the water, I'm going to stand still. See, this passage is about faith, friends. It is about faith in God's word. As this wonder is being introduced, the people... Have faith. They must trust in God's plan and works. That is the wonder introduced. And then we have the wonder explained. One of the wonders here is that Joshua will be exalted. Here a man exalted. God says at verse 7, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will be with you, Joshua, and the people will know it when they see this wondrous work. When they see this amazing thing, they know that I am with you. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Just as Moses led the people out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, and spoke To God on the mountain, just as Moses was mediator between God and his people, so too, Joshua, you will assume that position. You will be his successor. I will speak through you, and I call you to be strong and courageous in me. Have faith in me, because in my strength and my power, you will succeed. Your feet will not slip. Joshua knows that the Lord commissioned him, but the people being weak and dull don't know this. They need to see it. God graciously provides this sign, this miracle, this wonder 
to remove doubt and deepen faith in God's grace in the life of Joshua and the people. This wonder will deepen their faith, deepen their trust in God. And that trust will then be the way in which they move forward in the promised land and are strong and courageous before the enemies of God. But the explanation of the wonder is also for the purpose of confirming God's power and presence. Look with me in your Bible. At verse 8. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail you have a Bible and you like to underline in it, underline those words. He will without fail drive out from among you or before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. And as my Hebrew teacher at Moody Bible Institute said, and the mosquito bites. He will drive them out. Behold, the ark of the Lord, ark of the Lord of all the earth. You notice that? Of all the earth. He owns everything. It belongs to him. He is Lord of all, all nations, all peoples. The Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. Think of 12 as a parenthesis, because he addresses that in chapter 4, which we don't have time to get into. But then at verse 13, he says, And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. This is the wonder explained. This is what's going to happen. And so he introduces the wonder, and now he explains what that wonder is going to be. When the Jordan River will be stopped, when the text says the sole of the feet of the priest touches the water of the Jordan, they must stand still in the waters, and the waters will cease from flowing and become a heap on each side. Now you're on the banks of the Jordan, and you see this great river that is overflowing because of the time of the season. You have to trust and believe that this is going to be so. And so you gather your family, you gather your possessions, and you're waiting. You're waiting. Joshua's been talking about this wonder. It was introduced to us. He explained what it's being. Now we've got to stand. What's going to happen? Is this, going to, is this word going to be confirmed? Will God really be with us? Will he really be faithful to his word? Will he really give us the land that he promised our forefathers? Will he really drive out the enemies, these giants in the land? These mighty different nations within the land who have armies. 
Joshua's explanation of the wonder is meant once again to deepen their faith in the Lord. The God who works wonders for his glory and for the good of his people. And then the, the narrative transitions to the wonder fulfilled. So you have it introduced. You have it explained. And now the word will be confirmed and fulfilled at the Jordan River. Look with me in your Bible at verse 14. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water, now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of the harvest, the waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zerathen, and those flowing down toward the sea of the Arab by the salt sea were completely cut off, and the people passed over opposite Jericho. As soon as their feet hit or were dipped in the water, this parting of the river occurred. It is as if an invisible dam blocked the waters into the heap on each side of the people. creating a pathway for the people to the other side, to the promised land that God promised them. Their faith became sight. They saw God leading them through the Jordan. They saw his wondrous works, his amazing thing, boys and girls, the amazing thing God has done. Now, I believe the cadets every fall, the cadet program, Ileana cadets every fall goes to Kankakee State Park for a cadet camp out. They still do that, Dave? Yeah. So you're by the Kankakee River. Imagine, boys, you're by the Kankakee River, and you need to cross. In order to find rest, in order to find comfort, you need to cross that river. And God parts it. And you walk on dry ground. I don't know if you've ever been in at a lake or a river. Isn't it pretty mucky? I can think of one particular lake in Michigan I won't mention that is just muck. I muck. I remember doing skiing there for the first time and I fell and I was up to my waist in muck, standing, unable to move. So this Miracle occurs, and that's what this is. This is truly a miracle. The river is parted, and what does it say? They stood on dry ground. The priests stood on dry ground, and the people crossed on dry ground. Not only that, the priests stood firmly on dry ground. Catch that? Firmly on dry ground, holding, bearing the ark. The people didn't wade through the muck of the river because the ground was dry. Now, I've never owned a pair of mud boots before until I moved to Damat. No mud boots needed here. No worry about children 
struggling through the muck and mud. No worry about wives, young women, falling over, tripping. No worry about perhaps carriages that they had to bring across, getting stuck and tipping over. You get the picture of this miracle? In other words, as the psalmist says, he will not let their feet slip. And I love what he says here in the last verse. Now the priest bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel, all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. God in his great love for his people will not let his, their feet slip. He watches over each and every one, and he takes them across the Jordan. Despite their unfaithfulness, he remained faithful. Despite your unfaithfulness, Christian, he remains faithful to take you to the Jordan, to take you across the Jordan to the heavenly country that awaits us. You see, this passage of Scripture, I can stop right here. And I can preach it in a Jewish synagogue and be okay. But this is a Christian sermon that preaches Jesus. How does it preach Jesus? Well, let me show you how it, it preaches Jesus. Okay? Because Joshua in the Hebrew, when it's translated into the Greek, is what? Jesus. And in the book of Hebrews, we have there the author's teaching that Jesus Christ is the great prophet, priest, and king. Jesus Christ is the greater Moses, and he is the greater Joshua. Okay? He is the greater Joshua. Joshua succeeds Moses, and he was commissioned by God to lead the people of God. He led them across the Jordan River and into the Promised Land. He conquered the land and the enemies of God according to the will and word of God. Moses and Joshua were servants of God, but they were not perfect servants. Joshua, as the author of Hebrews writes, Joshua could not provide an eternal rest for God's people. Only Jesus does that. Only Jesus gives eternal rest because he's not only the perfect servant of the Lord, he is the son of God's house. He is the son of God and son of man. God works wonders in his son, Jesus. In his earthly ministry, Jesus performed many mighty wonders and marvelous works by the power of the Spirit because God was with him and is with him. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Our Lord Jesus Christ spoke authoritatively to the waves of the sea and calmed the storms. He had dominion and lordship over nature. You see, that miracle that was at the Jordan River was a miracle of God, a wonder of God, who is lord over nature, who is able to take this water the chemical compounds of this water, H2O, and all the molecules, and separate 
the river so that they walk on dry land. He is able to do this because he is Lord of nature. And Jesus is Lord of nature who calmed the storms, calmed the sea, calmed the wind. Where the disciples said, who is this? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are Lord. The ark was that representation of God to the Israelites. The ark stood in the river. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the exact representation of God in the flesh. The very one who took on human flesh and dwelt among sinners. The one whom the Apostle John wrote. Listen carefully. What the Apostle John wrote at the beginning of his letter, 1 John chapter 1 That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that is Jesus. Jesus, God in flesh. The most wonderful An important work of God came to the climax at the cross and resurrection of Christ Jesus our Lord. Only by his precious blood, only by his blood, young men, only by the death of Christ, by his shed blood, do we consecrate ourselves before God. Only by his blood are we consecrated, set apart, washed clean of our sins. Only by his blood do we enter the most holy place. Only by his blood do we cross the Jordan into the land promised, the heavenly Jerusalem. Jesus consecrates the holy people. This is a wonderful work of God. And by faith we enter the eternal Sabbath rest. That is an eternal inheritance and shall never perish nor fade. The land, the literal land, the physical land, was a type of the land to come, the eternal rest in the new heavens and new earth that God's people will enter when Christ returns. Until then, until we reach that destination, God will not let those whom he calls, those who trust in Jesus to let their foot slip because we will enter that land on dry ground. Jesus secured for us that pathway to heaven completely and entirely. Today, God works wonders by the Spirit of His Son at the work at working in the world. What is that wonder? The Spirit of God takes the Word of God and changes hearts, transforms hearts. When the Word of God is preached or communicated in various contexts, the Spirit of God changes and transforms lives, hearts. That is a work of God's amazing deeds, amazing works. And this work 
is to pre be preached indiscriminately to all nations. Not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. From all nations. And God, through the preaching of his, of his word, through the preaching of the gospel, will call to himself men, women, and children from every tribe, tongue, and nation who are called according to his purpose. And he will take those who are his people from every tribe, tongue, and nation to cross over to the other side on dry ground. There's no greater miracle than the cross and resurrection of Christ. And just below that, there's no greater miracle than a sinner consecrated and purified by that precious blood and made new, forgiven, free in Christ and inheritors of an eternal redemption an eternal land that awaits them where there will be rest. No more sorrow, no more sadness, no more pain, no more suffering, no more mourning, but joy, gladness, awe, the majestic glory of the triune God before our very eyes on display. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, gracious God and Father, we thank you for your word that is confirmed through our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who came to die for sinners and rose from the dead for our justification, and that whoever believes on him shall not be disappointed, whoever believes on him shall not be put to shame, whoever believes on him shall have stood on firm ground. And whoever believes on him shall be comforted in life and in death by our faithful Savior, Jesus. Oh, Father, we pray that we, while we are on this side of glory and have not arrived yet to the heavenly city, the heavenly land, we wait in faith as the Israelites waited in faith before the crossing, we too wait in faith before we cross from this life to the next in your presence and in eternal rest. Oh, Father, grant us a deeper faith, a faith that trusts in your word and that you will do all things according to your word as you have promised. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.